Labor's national conference has voted overwhelmingly in favour of the AUKUS alliance, supporting the decision to acquire nuclear-powered submarines. Let's go live to political reporter Rob Scott at the conference in Brisbane. Hello to you, Rob. Uh, this did not come without a fight, though, did it? No, it didn't, Sally. This issue was by far and away the most hotly contested uh, issue that we have seen at this conference to date. Labor's internal divisions laid bare for all to see. Now, the AUKUS security pact with the US and the UK uh, was originally Scott Morrison's idea, and it does not sit well with all within the Labor Party. Some from the left faction have been arguing to have all references to AUKUS and nuclear-powered submarines removed from the party's national platform, arguing the agreement could spark more conflict in the region and uh, a regional arms race in the Indo-Pacific. But the Defence Minister delivered a passionate endorsement of the alliance, saying having nuclear-powered submarines does not invite war but prevents it. And if we take submarines off the table, we will never have left our country more exposed. The truth is, delegates, strength deters war. Strength deters war. That it will let off, set off a chain of events in our region but that will see the further nuclearisation throughout Southeast Asia and beyond. Deterrence is not a one-word justification for any and every defence acquisition. Before the vote was held, the Prime Minister added his weight to the debate, saying we have to bring Australia's military capabilities up to speed to deal with the threats that we face. And he also talked up uh, the agreement's broader benefits for the Australian economy. This is a project that is expected to directly create 20,000 well-paid, secure union jobs. <laughs> a defence program that will enhance our manufacturing capabilities and assist us to become what we must be, a country that makes things here. In the end, the numbers were well and truly on his side. The delegates overwhelmingly voting to support AUKUS, which is now officially a Labor Party platform. Sally. All right. Thank you very much. Rob Scott there for us this afternoon. Well, the Women's World Cup is profitable for the first time ever, according to FIFA's president. It's hoped the incredible success of the tournament can strengthen Australia's bid to host the 2034 Men's World Cup. Isabel Mullen has more on the Matildas. Sally, despite her heartbreaking loss to England on Wednesday, there's no doubt the impact of the Women's World Cup will be felt for years to come. Training in Brisbane this morning, the Matildas prepared to take on Sweden in the third place playoff, eager to keep looking forward. It's always nice to play your teammates, honestly, see familiar faces. I think Zachira's had an amazing tournament and I'm really happy for her. Uh, but hopefully not tomorrow. <laughs> Ellie Carpenter held her head high after she was the subject of vicious online trolling following a defensive error that led to England's second goal on Wednesday night. But it's not just the girls who have the world's attention. Matilda's coach, Tony Gustafson, now a strong candidate for the USA women's national team. I think Tony Gustafson, he, I couldn't say more positive things about Tony. He's an incredible coach and uh, we need to hire the best person. The World Cup has shattered attendance and ratings records, but still FIFA pays the men's tournament and players much more. People seem to think women will perform at a certain level despite being completely underinvested in for 
decades, decades, decades and decades. Tomorrow night, there are a number of screenings across the city, including at Green Square Plaza, Camperdown Memorial Rest Park, North Sydney Oval and Parramatta Square. Combank Arena and Allianz Stadium won't open their doors as live sites this time, but Tumbalong Park and the SCG will. Sally.